0: We are three best friends living on three corners of the country. Wifing, momming, boss babing, and honestly, just trying to keep
1: our shit together.
0: Anyway, I'm Allie. I'm Alicia. I'm Alisa. And this is A3 Life. Our fun, funny, and informative lifestyle podcast, where we will be speaking on how to be fearless, authentic, and relentless in all areas of life. Enjoy the show. So today on our podcast, we've got Rob Sperry with us. So thank you for being here today. Um, but a little bit about him. Rob has been recognized by Top Publication Business for Home as the number one trainer for 2017 in the network marketing industry. His first year in the industry, he reached the highest level in nu Skin, a multi-billion dollar company. Conquering new heights, Sperry became a co-creator of Mint. Mint was a spinoff from a three billion dollar company and launched with a million dollars in sales in just the first month. After the success of Mint, Sperry was instrumental in bringing two top companies together, thus creating one of the largest mergers in the network marketing industry. Due to his expertise, he has been featured in national and international books, podcasts, blogs, articles, magazines specific to finding success in network marketing. So thank you for being here with us, Rob. That was a Woo! mouthful.
2: I, yeah, now I'm like, that's better than what my mom would even write. And I can't because, um, so I did send that. So they're not, so I did send it, but I'm going to read from my, the gal that helps me Lisa, you know her, um, she said to me, she wrote that yesterday, and she said in it, she said in the message, she said that, as you said, people are awful at writing about themselves. She said, so I updated the about the author section. So that's what she wrote. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little <laughs> awkward when you're like talking about uh, yourself. So,
3: you know, but it it is. It's always so weird. Yeah like I need to have a right one for me
2: <laughs> yeah she, she did it I'm like all right good I had are like cool right before, so that's what we do well, I'm excited to have fun with you ladies today I, who knows which direction we go in right yeah right
3: this As is not girl. rehearsed
0: well I told wrong. Lisa I said I've got his book here with me and then I was like flipping through it and it's like it's like you'd be so embarrassed. It's like all marked up and highlighted and there's like pages folded and dog eared and I'm like, maybe we won't talk about this because I (laughs) (laughs) have it (laughs) immense.
3: Well, it's well worn and that's always a good sign. Um, and speaking of books, Rob, I haven't announced this. I have not announced this to anyone. So this is the first time that I'll officially be talking about it. So Rob asked me to be part of his next book, and I'm actually co-authoring a chapter in that. So I'm super excited for that, Rob. I appreciate that opportunity. We're all excited because um, one of our victories here at A3 Life is when one of us has a victory, it's kind of all of our victories. So thank you for including me in that. I'm excited um, and I'm really looking forward to that. So do you want to talk about that, kind of what, where that idea came from and kind of what we're doing with this book?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, if you think back to the book that Allie just shared, my first book, The Game of Networking, my strength is collaboration. I was always the little guy at one point in my life I was 14, my brother was 12, my sister was 10, and they were both taller than me. Now I'm tall, I'm 6'1".
1: But I was always the little guy. I
2: was always the, the introvert that wouldn't go to my friend's house without my brother, the one that wouldn't swing the baseball bat and baseball, so my dad threatened to ground me. That was me growing up. Public speaking, oh, you could have paid me any amount of money and I would have said no years and years ago. Anything, that's how scared I was. But I always found victories in collaborating with other people and everything that I'd done. So I did that with, you know, the game of networking with, you know, featuring so many different people. Some I didn't know that well, some I knew well, and to be honest, some I probably, actually not some, there's several I will take out of the next updated revision of the game of networking and there'll be new people I add. And so I started thinking, what about co-authoring a new book and finding some of the most successful leaders, but make it where it's skills-based. So this book's We're going to be all on recruiting. There are 18 different six and seven figure earners, and each one is taking a very different topic on recruiting and giving you all out their very best tips to help you. So I'm really excited about it. It's been a process. I'm meeting with Carrie, the gal that's been helping spearhead this and organizing and everything. And so she gets to do all the fun interviews and then send it to me and then I review it and I get a help with it. And so I'm really excited about it and excited because I haven't read your section yet. I know we talked a lot about it, so I have an idea, but I'm really excited to to see as she takes all those notes and, and transcribes and then adds to it and stuff and then gives the edits to you and me. I'm really excited to see it. It's going to be fun.
3: Yeah, I'm excited. It went really, really well. We, we clicked really well. I was like, I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking here. She's like, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's that's exactly the point it's I would like get all worked up
3: yeah I'd get all like worked up and you know she's like I was like oh my gosh I just said a lot I'm sorry I hope she wrote really fast (laughs) she's all
2: no she's (laughs) She's gonna transcribe them all then yeah. she can take it and take her notes and stuff so she'll transcribe it and then also she writes her own insights based on how she's interpreting what you're saying as well we've got a whole process on it so it's
0: she's like looking through it and she's like i don't know rob this girl in chapter eight talks a lot <laughs>
2: <laughs> like got- Rob, chapter eight is ten times longer than all the other chapters yeah. it just <laughs> never would shut
3: up <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'd had like, you know, and obviously taken my products. I was like all jacked up and I was like in the car and I was like in the zone, you know, when you get in the zone, especially me, I just like, and she was like, okay. She hadn't A talked to anybody day. all day. Yeah. It was super early for her too, because she's like on the other coast. So it was like 11 o'clock my time. I was like in my prime, feeling good, worked out. Da-da-da-da. And she was like, oh, I just got out of bed. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> no. Like I haven't had coffee yet. yeah Yeah. you've had a lot
0: (laughs) well it's exciting i'm excited to hear from i'm excited to hear the whole book because i think recruiting is an area that people struggle so much with but it's obviously a necessary evil i guess if you will in this business if you can't recruit people then this probably isn't the industry for you so i'm very excited to read it it'll be great yay And Uh, it's cool
3: because Rob pulls so many other people in. So, you know, what may work for one person, we all know this, we've all learned this, like what works for one person is not going to work for everyone. There's no, you know, set whatever. So by pulling in these other marketers and kind of giving all of these different opinions, because you're going to take something, you may read my chapter eight, we're calling it that we don't know that you may and be like, okay, I got nothing out of this, but you may flip over to chapter nine and you see the light, like, oh my God. I get it. You know, I vibe with her. This is, you know, I understand what she's saying. And I think that's, what's beautiful about, you know, with our teams with, you know, collaborating anytime is we all have something magical to bring to the table, but we may not all understand or comprehend it the same way. So I love that. And, and hey, I think it'll be good. Yeah.
2: And going along with that is we hear the new cliche quote and cliches are cliches because they're timeless principles, but collaboration is the new competition. So I want you to think about this, and I don't even know where it is now, The, the Old Town Road song was, what was it? 18 straight weeks set a record. That was a collaboration. When you look at the number one grossing movie of all time, it's actually, right, The Avengers. That's a collaboration of all different movies and then one came together. When you look at the Bible, that's a collaboration. When you look, and you could go on and on and on, when you look at all of these professions, when you look at Disney, who was about to fail. I know I talked a little bit about it in the game of networking, but the way it won is, is is Disney went and said, okay, let's merge with Pixar. And they went and acquired Pixar. And then they acquired Marvel. And then they acquired Star Wars. And people thought they were crazy in most of these acquisitions, not Star Wars, but the other two. And now it's turned into huge and beneficial. So I think these days, like people just think, if I'm better than you, I'm winning. And they don't realize. you work together so what they may still be doing more than you but you're both going to be doing a ton more so that's why i'm so big on collaboration and i call it many masterminds for me i have you know on a regular basis today i've already spoken to both brian fryer and fraser brooks probably eight different times via voice messaging and texting because we have these little mini okay i've got this what do you think about this what do you think about this what do you think about this and it helps me out and alisa we've gone back and forth all this morning and and the other day and so I, i like having those mini ones as well as you know things like this when we're all talking and obviously there's offline online there's all different types but just don't sometimes i think we always are trying to find the secret and successful people just do the basics better so it's finding a way to do those basics better 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 i mean you know this my top goal this year is to say no i know that sounds crazy but I'm a recovering people pleaser. So for me, it's like, I wanna say no more so I can focus on the best yeses, right? Instead of too many yeses. And I did really, I did pretty good. I shouldn't say really good, I did pretty good this year. Next year, my goal is to do like just crush it on saying no as often as I possibly can. And I've already said no to speaking, I think five or six different events because it just didn't work. So you just gotta pick and choose. So that's a little bit on collaboration.
3: I love that, Rob. And I want to talk about that because I shared with you that that's an issue I have too. So let's talk about leadership level and saying no. Um, This is obvious, like you said, it's a goal for you. It's a goal for me. I can speak on behalf of Allie and Alicia and say, I'm sure it's a goal for them too. So how are you going to prioritize saying simply no?
2: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, is like you said, prioritizing saying no is first prioritizing what your yeses are. So for me, I always like to list what are the highest income producing activities. And then I also like to match that with what brings me the most energy. Maintaining is fatigue, building is energy. We talked about that in Mexico, remember? Maintaining is fatigue, building is energy. So your goal is, is to find where, where the highest income producing activities that also fuel you. So for example, if I have a yes on a scale 1 to 10 that's in an, at an 8 for an income producing activity, but the energy level for me it brings me way down it's a 1 or a 2, it's exhausting, and I have something else that maybe is a 7 on a scale 1 to 10 as far as income producing activity, but my energy level is a 10, then I'm going to go spend my time on the thing that's the 7 because it's close to the eight, but I know I can, I'm gonna have so much more fun and excitement and passion. So I've actually never said it that way, but that's what I've done in my mind. That's why I like good questions because it makes me kind of figure out my brain, but I match both a level of priority with income producing activity as well as passion. And I align those two to come up with what it is. And so that's what I do is I just map those all out and then I challenge. And I say, is is this something that's going to fulfill that? Because I think too many people, and, and this was something recent I did, I had this uh, this just little mini events. There were, I don't know, 15 people. None of these people have made six figures. Every single one of them bawled, uh, cried. I cried and I don't cry very much and didn't plan on it at all. And it was interesting. One of the biggest insights was, they spend too much time, the reason why they're not six-figure earners, because they are people pleasers that are spending too much time with the needers and the wanters, feeling like they're so selfless and I'm helping the world, I was one of those, that they don't have enough time for the deservers, which impedes their own legacy and also impedes so many other people that deserve their time. And they think they're being selfless, but in reality, they're actually being selfish because they're feeding their own ego of being a people pleaser and they don't realize that they actually can help so many more people if they spent their time with the deserver. So that's another conversation of trying to figure out qualifying on your teams, right? Who are actually the needers, wanters, make them feel loved, important, like a million bucks, but spend your time with the deservers and let the deservers and everybody know what they need to do to become that.
1: Ooh, I love nice that. Good. That's awesome. Hey, Rob, I have a question for you because it's something that like, I know it's, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm just curious. So what is it like? Um, So you, you know, were in network marketing, now you're coaching, whatever it is, you're in like this, this leadership position, this spotlight. And in all honesty, this is predominantly women, don't you think? I mean, like oh, yeah. network marketing, all that. How does that work? What does that look like? How is that um, being a man in that position, like a married man, like, how do you balance that, you know, with your wife, with everything, just that whole, you know, just, yeah. I think this is important
3: for a lot of men yeah, to know, is. Rob, and, and relationship wise, like maybe you have a jealous spouse. I know you don't, obviously. We were just talking about what, what a goddess wife was.
1: Can we first talk about how Actually, hot your wife is? I'm really sorry. I was going to say it. Your wife is smoking hot. I'm as
2: attracted to smoking. her as ever, and in fact, <laughs> it's illegal for her to wear Lululemon around the house unless the kids are. <laughs> yeah, you're reason. like it's working problems. And I'm like, yeah, like so you're asking you. for it. Like, don't, <laughs> don't wear those Lululemon pants. It's, it's absolutely You're legal. like,
1: don't be walking around looking like that.
2: Looking like, <laughs> like a snack. I'm like, no, you think I'm kidding. You know, I'm not. So, <laughs> so I think, um, I, sat, I was sat down by a mentor who's made over $30 million in network marketing. And when he started with me, the very first thing he said is, is, he said, I've seen so many families broken from not just network marketing, he said success, but he said network marketing, he said, one day, you're going to be speaking all the stages of the world. I didn't know what this guy's talking about. I'm like, huh, I just want to figure out a way to make my money back. And he's like, he had this big vision for me. And he said, one day, you're going to be speaking around stages all around the world. And he said, because of that, he says, it doesn't matter if you're ugly or good looking. If you're the person that's up there on stage, he's like, you're going to have women throwing themselves at you. And I'm like thinking, yep. what is this dude talking about? Yeah. And he's like, I am not going to create a bigger screw up. He said, money makes you more of what you already are. He said, so if you've got anything, you know, hidden skeletons or anything like that, you tell me right now, because we got to get those fixed before we go out and create this huge business. I mean, not even started network marketing yet. This guy's a personal friend, but still I'm like, what is this dude talking about? I love that. So I'm thinking, oh, I think my life's good in order, right? You start having like this, like, I think so. I'm not perfect. I got a long ways to go, <laughs> but I think, I think. And it was really important for me. And then after that, I had a, a battle buddy who Elisa knows, Lance. And he and I just really just created this pact that we didn't want to be overconfident because I had a friend where and again, no judgment, if this is happening to anyone who's watching, we' we'll all make mistakes. But I had a really good friend where his dad was a spiritual giant and ended up cheating on his mom, and they got a divorce. And the grandpa, who's the biggest spiritual giant I've ever met, said to me, he said, "Look, he said, "If it can happen to David with Bathsheba, it can happen to anyone." Oh. And he told me that when I was 21 years old. I Wow. Like mic drop. Wow. Yeah. So I'm really strong, as you can tell, both on social media and as well as when I present. Uh, Number one, I talk about my family because it's the most important thing. And two, I want to put out the vibe of who I really am. And because of that, I actually have not ever had one awkward situation ever. Not even one. Not to say that even when you put out the right vibe that that can't happen. There are sharks out there. But um, I think it's really important of if you put out the right vibe and make sure you're cautious right on on situations and things because there's a different I mean this is a huggy industry and every second it's like hugging and it can be interpreted as flirting and so it's like a balance of like showing love and then you got personal conversations and one-on-ones right and so I've just really done my best to put out the right vibe and be really clear on my intent and not leave that door open ever and if I ever felt like it was I would just close it and that sort of thing so I think that helps I did run a tennis club also for four years which had about 300 women at that tennis club so that was a great learning experience on how to learn better right of having those conversations as well as setting those boundaries so and then the last thing is is I didn't want my goal was to create this time freedom for my for my family as it started right I didn't want to go work for something and while I'm working for it lose what I'm working for lose sight of the prize lose sight of the goal so I always I always kept that you know as the goal and the prize and and made sure that I was very um very cautious and it's it's been a lot of a lot of fun a lot of fun for sure
1: I I absolutely love that but I can totally see what you're saying too because Um, this is like you said, like kind of like a very huggy industry and like, and as a man, I could see that that's very hard because you want to be inviting. If you push away, then you, you don't come off like, you know what I mean? Like, so you want to have like an inviting, welcoming, warm, um, attitude and, and, and or an atmosphere. But at the same time, there's like a line because you don't want to appear like you're being flirty and whatever. And, um, gosh, that that's tough, but you seem to do a really good job with it.
2: As long as I don't get over cough and ever think I got it figured out, right? Which you
1: know, <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. that's anyways, what it'll mail you. <laughs> yep. Well, you know,
0: you Rob, the one thing that I hear a lot of from the men in my organization is how do I build the trust with the women in my organization? You know, because I we are in a health and wellness company where weight loss is sort of our center thing. And sometimes women don't wanna to talk to men about certain things. So do you have any thoughts or advice or tips for them around how to uh, make themselves sort of like a, a, a tool that they can use and they feel comfortable around?
2: Yeah, the best presentations handle the objections during the presentation. And so figuring out, you know, maybe if there's a common thing that's happening to one individual, it may not be happening to another one. So a lot of times we project our issues and sometimes it's what we're saying or how we're saying it. And so I look at it and I say, you know, the first thing is, is is what's the common objection that's coming and how can we best handle it? Now, the second part to that is, is no matter what you say or what you do, there are always going to be a certain, there are always going to be certain people that no matter what, what want to talk to a man but how can he better communicate and show that trust especially if he does have a family is he it, hopefully he's got to be genuine if he cares and loves his family show that and promote that if it is you know talking about you know weight loss maybe like i said best presentations handle the objections of look i know this is a sensitive subject i've dealt with however many i'm giving an example i've dealt with hundreds and hundreds of different people right so you just have to know for me like No shame, no guilt or anything like that. I'm here to help you out and make you feel 100% comfortable. If there's ever anything you don't feel comfortable with, just be straight up with me and I'll make sure I connect you with the right person. And so now it's like rather than making it all awkward, right, you just hit them between the eyes with really effective communication. You can be extremely blunt, right, when you communicate your intent, because sometimes we're just blunt. We don't communicate our intent. It doesn't go off, go over very well. And so those are a couple different things that I would do with that being said, like I said, sometimes it doesn't matter what you say or what you do, but at least if you're up front like that, then hopefully they're going to be up front with you and you can you know get over that and connect them with the right person.
0: I love that. I think that that is such a good tip. And the other thing that I know that I had recommended in the past too, is if they feel like they've hit a wall where the person is just sort of closed themselves off, uh, utilize your female upline. You know, that's what we're here for. Three-way chats or just connecting us, like you said, um, and letting us help.
3: along those same lines rob we're talking relationships male female what about the unsupportive spouse let's talk about that for a minute whether it's a female leader in the industry or or trying to kind of come through or a male that's maybe his wife is kind of pushing back because it is all women you know things like that just any what what advice would you give if you have a spouse that just doesn't really get it. They don't understand. They're not supportive. What What do we do about a non-supportive spouse?
2: Yeah, that's a really touchy subject because you can go so many different ways with it. So I'll give a couple of different bits of advice. Um, number one, I would I would question yourself first of how committed are you really? And what do I mean by that? You say, "Well, Rob, what do you mean? Like, you know, Ali, Alicia, Alisa? I'm 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 committed. I got this, right? Well." your actions will show us how committed you really are. Because you can say you're committed, but think about this, if you're getting on webinars and watching Facebook Lives and taking away time from that loved one, and there's no return on the investment, that's difficult for anyone. So the first thing I would do is is I would question yourself and how effective are you actually being with your time? Are you in the income producing activities? Or are you fake working, making the plan for the plan of the plan of the plan, right? And it's like, I worked 20 hours this week. I worked so hard. How many people did you talk to? Well, nobody. There you go. So I would start with looking inward first before you look outward. Then the second part is I always focus on communication is is if you are really, truly committed, right? As Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand and then to be understood and ask, ask that unsupportive spouse of, uh, hey, look, first off, this is something I'm really excited about. This is something I'm really passionate about. This is something that I see can do X, Y, and Z. This is how committed I am, but at the same time, you're the most important part of my life. What, what don't you like about it? Or what are your biggest obstacles or objections? Uh, because you know, I wanna see if there's a way we can make this a win-win. And as you start asking questions, step two, now you've communicated your vision, your commitment. Um, and then you're also listening to them. And now you can hopefully maybe create a win-win of creating some parameters if you've done that. Now that's going to solve a lot of situations, but even still, they're going to challenge you because they're challenging your commitment. If they see three months later, you say you're committed, but again, you're making the plan for the plan of the plan and you're not working hard, they're going to challenge you. Now there's a different challenge. If they're challenging you when you are in the income producing activities, because maybe they don't have the belief in you, or maybe they don't have the belief in network marketing, that can be even harder. At that point, what I say is, is you've got to decide. Um, I can tell you some of the best stories are actually friends that didn't listen to their spouse. I know that's not what we want to hear. Um, They were in no matter what. My wife has been very supportive, but yeah, there were times when she just wasn't sure. She was never like, you're quitting right now or anything like that. But there were times where, yeah, she questioned and asked, You said things like, very nicely, lovingly, like, is this thing gonna work? And in my mind, it was like, yeah, it's gonna work. I don't know how long it's gonna take, but I will do whatever it takes to make it work. Um, and so you've gotta decide, and again, I don't ever wanna cause Divorce over network <laughs> marketing, so you know your own relationship, you know your own dynamics. But I can tell you some of the greatest stories I've heard is where the spouse was so anti, but they did create boundaries and they went and crushed it. And then I've seen the spouses jump on board because I don't know any spouse that isn't ex- excited after based on what it provides. And then, yeah, for some of you, right, it, it is going to be a lot more of a challenge. There's like millions of different scenarios, right, that we could go through. But I do really think if you start with yourself, then you do have an open conversation of ask them questions first on where they're at, what they don't like, what are win-wins we could create, what if I don't work specifically during these times, because where we do create issues is we're always working. And I even still have to work on this. I've gotten way better. I'm barely on my phone on Sundays. Don't bring my phone to church at all. Date night, my wife either puts it in her purse or we leave it in the car. Um, That's helped a ton. I work really hard Monday until about Friday at about two, and I don't do much after that. Saturday, I do a little bit of maintenance. Sunday, I do nothing. And so I've learned these ebbs and flows to really just focus. I put the kids to bed way more than she does now as of two weeks ago. So that's brand new. Um, and so we just keep adding things. I try to go log out of Facebook several times, but if you're always there, like I'm building the dream, I'm building the dream, you're gonna lose the dream, and the dreams can become a nightmare if you don't set those boundaries. So you've got to set and work together, and it's always it's always evolving. Like I thought I was doing really well two months ago. And my wife's like, I feel like you're always working, and I'm like, what? I thought I was doing like so good, like I really did. And she's like, well, I'm like, okay. I'm like, if you don't have something scheduled, then yeah, I'm either with the kids, you are working. Those are my passions and hobbies. So I said, let's schedule specific times where I'm not. Right on top of that. So those are things that that I've done, and even still, like I said, it's it's always a process. I'm never, I'm never there. When I think I'm there, then I get kicked in the butt by my wife, like I did a couple of months ago. So.
0: Well, even the most uh, supportive spouse can become unsupportive with our bad habits, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you're talking, communication has to be really clear. And I know that like the three of us have been just like you really, really blessed with spouses that sort of just say, you know, whatever you say, babe, like we support whatever it is that you think you, you know, we believe that you're capable of doing whatever you want to do. And so that has been awesome for us, but we do see this so much where you know, it's like it, you go from this person has all your attention to now you're on your phone and your phone has your attention. And, and so, you know, in my own relationship, we, I had to have a conversation, like it came to blows in the beginning. Cause I had never done this before. I was 23 years old. I was so excited. I spent all my time stalking Elisa Cowart on Facebook and following everything she did, and like all these other leaders. And like, I wanted to find all these cool graphics and do this and do that. And my husband was like, You have not looked up from your phone in weeks. Like the kids are running around with like their underwear on their head and Cheeto stains (laughs) all over everything (laughs) and you're not doing anything. And so we had to have that conversation of like, when do you need me to give you my time? You know, And we've kind of kept that same schedule, just like you're saying, throughout the last four years and it works for us now.
3: Yeah. It's defining those boundaries from the beginning and non-negotiables. I think the non-negotiables are huge. Um, And I think the communication where they can finally say, okay, because even we all have a great spouse, but even they are like, all right, this is getting insane this is, this is getting insane. I'm drawing the line. Um, so I think communication is, is key. And I think I just want to add, cause I thought of something and you know, that was a very broad question, but I think getting your spouse to an event, a company yeah. event is absolutely life-changing nine out of 10 times. Um, whether it be, you know, we have retreats that we can win and qualify for at our company you know, obviously, you have your company conventions, a meeting, anything like that. If you can get your spouse to an event, it will probably change the course of your business, especially if they're unsupportive. In in what I have seen.
2: Yeah, that's that's um, that's that's a huge tip right there. Because then they see it. I mean, how many times have spouses come on an incentive trip as well? And they're like, whoa, and now they're converted even after the person had been making a ton of money. So the sooner you can expose them to what it really is, cause you can tell them all you want, but there's a whole difference when they see it. It's like trying to tell somebody how great the concert was. Well, it was really good. The music was great atmosphere. Like, okay, tell me more. It was just amazing. How, how do you do it justice? Or when you go to some cool location, like Bora Bora or Maui or somewhere else, how, the beach and the sand was so soft how do you do it justice? You can't, you just got to be there.
1: Well, I I,
0: sorry, Elisa.
3: No, no, go ahead. It's magical to me when you can be, I always say this, there's something magical about being around people who get what you get and they're doing what you're doing. And the bigger you can make that volume, the bigger you can get that across, the more people you can see. It's just magical. I can see the same, you know, demonstration 500 times, but there's something about being with my people who get it and they're doing, and they're working towards the same goal. It's just, magic to me. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead, Allie.
0: <laughs> no. And, and my hope too, is that if I ever had somebody be in my organization where that was the situation that I want them to come to me and say, Hey, I'm bringing my husband. He's not super on board with this. And like, let's get him some husband friends or some wife friends or get them to meet you. And then they make connections with other people and they realize it's not so bad or it's not so scary. Like I literally have a level one. Who's like, my husband only comes because he loves Darren, who is my husband. <laughs> so it's like, Maybe that's the only reason he's there, but he's there, you know, and he's, and he's not so mad about it and he's supportive and he showed up for her. And so hopefully if you can get them to make some connections, then maybe they won't give you such a hard time at home in the next few weeks or whatever.
1: No, even my oldest kids, which they can still go so back and forth, but it's kind of that same thing. Even them, I remember when we took them to um, one of our incentive trips to Mexico and I could remember like my one son richard sitting there staring watching it when i was talking and he just started crying and he was like i mean needless to say he was having a fun time in mexico but but he was like it was the first time that it clicked he was like i didn't realize this is what it was you know all he sees is you know this on the computer on the phone doing a lot of stuff having some local team meetings i'm leaving but it was the first time he actually seen all the people all the stuff and exactly what we did And so I think, you know, like getting your spouse or even, you know, your older kids and letting them see what you do, even taking your younger ones, you know, I mean, if you don't have these wild maniac children, and even if you do just figure out, but letting them see, Allie's like, that's mine, you know, but letting them see what you do. So they appreciate it. So they see it in real life because, you know, we don't get up and go to work, you know, so I mean, our work is usually in our home. And so our children, I think sometimes don't realize exactly what we do. And so I think allowing them to see it is huge as well.
3: I think Rob does a good job with that bringing he like the masterminds he brings his kids he brings his wife like it's really cool to see them involved so we can talk about the importance of kids too Rob like what are your views on that and obviously like I said I know that's important to you
2: yeah I mean the biggest thing with kids I mean it's as we know I think by the time I figure out this parenting thing my kids would be out of the house right But um, there's just so many lessons to be learned. It makes us be so much better, just like our organizations, right? And whatever you do well, duplicate sometimes. Whatever you do poorly, almost always duplicate. Same thing with our freaking kids. My wife looks at me, that was from you. I'm like, that was from you, right? It's like, geez, whatever we do well at sometimes. And then the patience, right? I thought I was a totally patient person until I had kids. And then I'm like, geez, where did the... Where did the patients go, right? It's a whole new level, but at the same time, I don't, I don't, I mean, I didn't realize how much my parents loved me until I had kids because it's like, whoa, you love what you serve. This is a huge learning lesson. We love what we serve. So if you've fallen out of love with your spouse, or your kids, you're not serving them enough. If you're in love with pornography or drugs or alcohol or whatever, it's because you're serving it. We love what we serve. And so it's key to learn how to serve. And so with kids, it's been so incredible to help them to dream big and to help them to, it's it's such a hard balance of my goal is I'm always not putting down jobs. I'm explaining how great jobs are, but I'm also explaining how great it is to own your own business and the leverage, how 80% of millionaires own their own business. And then I explain how it's not about the money, but the money represents the time. And that's why it's so important and then we did seven family vacations last year and so they're starting to think of like oh my goodness like what can i do and then i had my my son who's 14 start reading personal development books and so i started paying him money to read personal development books and upping that which was phenomenal and incredible and then we created years ago when our kids turned 12 they get to do a trip with the same gender parent that's a local trip. So I did that with my daughter this year. No phone, uh, no, no Facebook Lives, no phone calls for work, no texting, nothing, 100% her. My son did it with my wife when he turned 12. When they're 16, they go anywhere they want in the world, anywhere. So think how cool that is of just the preparation of thinking about it and dreaming big, but then also the memories at important times. In their lives, because my favorite quote of all time is, die with memories, not with dreams. Die with memories, not with dreams. And so I love involving and letting them see that I'm working hard, but I'm also doing it for them. I love involving them on, look, this specific retreat I just did is gonna pay for this vacation and this vacation that we're gonna do, and this is paying for your tennis, and this is, so they have some sort of association um to it and to money and i try not to say things like we can't afford that because most of the time that's a lie i let them know that yes we can afford that but successful people stay successful because they're smart with their money and most people are different so it's been a process for me of trying to learn and then i do get in the habit i'm going to be honest here of saying you know, stop being spoiled brats and then I have to stop myself because they don't know any better. They know what I've given them. So just trying to t- say, be grateful, I have to really do a better job of showing and explaining because they're, they're receiving what I give. And so I'm trying to find the balance of also teaching them, you know, hard work ethic, right? And so now we've started paying our kids to do a ton more but then have them pay for all of their stuff which is a process of learning how to do it. But there's so many just lessons from network marketing and beliefs and vision boards and being there and goals and work ethic and all of that stuff that it's just been, it's been phenomenal for them to be around.
3: Yeah. And your your kids are great. I've got to spend a little bit of time with them and they are really, and we talked about how cute your kids were too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're fun. They're absolutely fun. And You know, we're done. Of course we love them even if they're not cute, but you know, if they don't cute, (laughs) who they blame, it's me. So I can't handle that pressure, so I'm done. Four no more.
0: (laughs) Well, but I'm glad you said that though, because and this may be a little bit off, but it's something I've spent a lot of time thinking about because I have four children as well. And they've been raised in this too, so they don't really know anything different. You know, my oldest son was three and my his brother was one when I started. And then I've had two girls since having, you know, my network, the success I've had so far. And so they don't know any different. And, you know, I've talked to, we did a little bit of a podcast on this and I talked to like Elise and Alicia about this, but we did Disney twice this year. Um, You know, we've taken them on vacations, you know, it's been wonderful. And I feel so, so truly, truly blessed to be able to do that because there's people that will never get to take their t- kids to Disney, you know? So, but this last time I've been joking, except for I'm not joking that I'm done with them and I'm never taking them on vacation again. And like every time one of them says something about Disney, I'm like, I don't know, you can go when you're 18. Cause I'm done with you. And so, because it's just like one of those things where what are your thoughts on the balance? Like, I know I talked to you, you you talked a little bit about paying them for different things and stuff like that, but I'm like, I feel like I'm raising these ungrateful, unappreciative, spoiled little brats and I'm done with them, so.
2: I think every parent feels that about their kids um, at every level, right? And it's all a comparison. I mean, think, we compare even though we tell them not to compare. It's Mm -hmm. impossible not to compare. We just have to learn to utilize it in a good way. Because think about there's somebody that, you know, they make a hundred million dollars a year and they feel like we don't give our kids that much compared to that. So it's all relative. And then there's someone who makes a billion and feels like the hundred million is like, well, we don't give anything compared to that. And then we compare down and say, well, we give way more than so-and-so and so-and-so. And so, and so. so we say not to compare. And then all we do is compare. So I think the biggest key is, is, um spoil them with memories that's something to spoil them rotten with and try to spoil less on possessions and it's good for them to feel like you know they didn't get certain things or they have to earn certain things and explain you know how blessed you are and I think you know showing them and I think that you know some of those things they'll see but yeah I'm already trying to create different criteria of you know telling our kids that like hey when you graduate from high school you're out like yeah. you're done like if you need a little bit of help on this or alone we can figure something out but you're gonna work it off like you're done you're on your own start planning on that um i feel a little softer on my girls so my girls i'm like oh when you get married then i'm like what if they don't get married till like 35 <laughs> so you're cut off right oh, my like, gosh. you men, know
1: they're men always so soft with their daughters mm-hmm. You look at your son you're like it's time to man up and he's five and your daughter's like 20 and you're like it's okay sweetie it's fine
2: you <laughs> need a new car you know but it's like you know it's it's all those different things like our kids yes
3: girls are the same way with
1: our boys oh, oh, you are. Yeah, you it's, are. it's true
2: it's true and in, in, in my family so our one of our kids said when my wife asked him to clean and this was not good like mom like went off like, this was not. And they said, Why don't you just have the cleaners clean it? And mom was like, What did you just say? Like, it was like the end of the world. Like, the kid was like, Oh, crap. I shouldn't have said that. And it was yeah. like, then it was like, you know, like beating a dead horse, like an hour conversation <laughs> over Like, no, this is not to take your responsibilities. Like, you will work. And so, you know, we make sure Saturday chores, we're trying to add more and more stuff but the other thing I've learned is kids work off of systems and so like at first when they started doing extra Saturday chores it was like the biggest nightmare for a couple months and then eventually it was like they knew they couldn't play until they did it so we need to get better at setting those the criteria of what we truly expect and what we want them to do because we hate surprises Mm
1: -hmm. and they
2: hate it even more like you know I know my daughter comes home and if she didn't think she had tennis and she was playing with kids. And then I tell her right when she comes home, she has tennis. It's like, well, what, what? Like they just work off of so much structure. So trying to uh, continually add to that, uh, it's a process for me big time. I'm always trying to do that. And I'm always trying to, you know, show them what we have and how grateful we are and what we've got. So
0: yeah. I just, I think it's so interesting because I don't think that's something that ever gets talked about really. You know, you talk nope. about spouses and this and that, but you never hear people talk about like how they manage, you know, being grateful and, and appreciative well, with children, you know?
1: And you know what, you know what else? It's because it's something I'm actually struggling with right now. You know, like I grew up so broke, but I mean, I was really happy, but I was just so broke. And the littlest things we don't think about, like I remember kids eating like those goldfish crackers and I always wanted those so bad, but I just never got them and Lunchables. And like, for, this sounds so silly, but for the longest time, cause like now I don't have to think about it. I like stacked my house with goldfish and Lunchables. I'm like, want some goldfish? Well, do you want some Lunchables? Like I like keep do, you know, and so like, I have found like in the beginning, I really started overdoing it with stuff and I didn't mean to, I wasn't trying to be, I just, I just never had stuff. And then there was all this cool stuff. I'm like, Oh, you know, have this. And when my son walked in, not that long ago, my son just turned eight the other day. And he said something about, yeah, and I want this Gucci. And I'm like, what do you know about Gucci? Like what the actual heck? Like, how do you even know what, like what that is? And I'm like, wait a minute, I've never said that. He actually got it from a YouTuber because he wants to be a YouTuber. And so I'm like, oh gosh, I had to think. I'm like, wait, did I teach him that? Like, that would be terrible. Like he's eight. But I mean, like it's kind of that, some of that stuff, like I do want to pay attention to and I don't want to create these spoiled little brats, but it, it kind of is happening a little bit and I don't mean to, (laughs) but so, I mean, this is a good, like little lesson for me because it's something like I'm really thinking about i mean my eight-year-old's like gucci and i want a lamborghini i'm like whoa i don't know where this is coming from Then yeah. YouTubers need to calm down you're like <laughs> i don't know get in the minivan now yes i'm like <laughs> i'm really frugal like i mean i just am i, I feel i'll that- get
0: you a
3: Gucci knockoff yeah i'm like <laughs> How about that? Have
1: gucci from like the alleyway somewhere <laughs> Chinatown. <laughs>
0: This topic then on on gifts and such let's talk about the holidays a little bit I know that you've done some pretty incredible trainings lately and I don't want to totally steal everything that you've done off of there um, and make you regurgitate all of it but I do want to discuss it because we are approaching I mean we just had Thanksgiving but we are approaching the uh, time of year that people are spending the most amount of money in oh. the world and throwing money down the drain and and spending lots of time with family and that sort of stuff. And I hear, and this drives me crazy, but I hear so many times people talk about this holiday slump and and that nobody's buying during the holidays. And it just, it makes my head explode because I can honestly say some of my greatest personal months in the industry where it was December um, and so when I hear this it just makes me want to scream uh, but tell us a little bit about what some of your tips would be through the holidays and that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah the first thing is is champions know there is no off season. Now of course that that there are times to walk, times to spring, times to jog, times to rest. I'm not telling people you better be working on Christmas. Of course not but I found that, let's, let's just say that's true. Let's just say that December sucks. So what? What you put, The time you put in December sometimes will reflect in January and February. So first things first is, is, is think long-term, not just the short-term quick fix and come unplugged. And the goal is to always progress your business forward. The second thing I like to do during the holidays is is it's a great time to have conversations with people non-business related as well. And we'll get into business here in a second. So it's a great time just to be a genuine good human being, not fake chit chat, hey, how's the weather there? I can Google that. But you can see, hey, just saw you had a baby, just saw that uh, you're, you know, traveled here, just saw that, you know, your kid graduated from this, just saw whatever it is. You can just find a genuine way to connect if you know them. And if you don't know them, then you're just making a new connection of something that you see that you've got a, a mutual interest in. The third thing is you go, is yes. Just like Ali said, is there's more money spent. People, people spend all their money the end of November and all of December. And then after that, they, they take the rest of the year trying to pay off the debt that they accumulated. So look at it as people are in a spending mentality right now and your goal is not, oh, I want people to go into more debt. No, you actually have something that can help them from both a product standpoint and a business standpoint. So if they're going to invest and spend money more willingly now than ever, why not with you? Why not with your incredible products and your incredible company, you know, whoever's listening, whatever company you're part of? And so I look at it from that perspective And so this is a time when I think teams can get together and do blitz days and go all out or blitz maybe two or three days because longer than that sometimes can be harder to focus and really focus on specific things for customers. And people are looking for different gifts to get for family members, right? So it's a perfect time. So it starts right with those limiting beliefs and getting rid of those limiting beliefs that we all have thinking, oh, no, like people aren't interested. Yeah. That's, that goes to the saying of when you go to reach out and you look at your, your context, you're like, mm, that person's too busy. That person's not successful enough. Oh, that person's too successful. It's like you can find excuses why not always, but your goal is to find reasons why and think in your mind why they need to know, why they should know, why it's a perfect fit now you go do it then the last thing i'll say is is you can always do fun little contests or fun little raffles make sure you're compliant with your company whoever's listening to this because i know each company's a little different but you know you can have contests of people entering into and then a lot of those people that enter even if they don't win you can reach out to them and say hey i know you didn't win but you know i've got this 25 percent discount or maybe you're shipping it to them directly or whatever it is you've got and you can use you can do 12 days of christmas you can do fun things to create exposure facebook lives or posts or different things like that to really create that exposure and make things happen, so lots of different things you can do, lots of fun that you can do that can make a difference. Uh, I had one gal that taught; she does, you know, a contest of finding people's wives. So they just spend, you know, during the holidays of let's go find other people's wives. It's a great time, and then sometimes that leads to other things, and sometimes it doesn't. But you can directly ask them later, whether that's two days, three days, a week later but she does that as, hey, let's get as many Y's as we can. So, so many fun ideas, but yes, you can absolutely crush the holidays. And even if you put in the time you don't crush it now, some of my best Januaries and Februarys were after I got my butt kicked in December. So you can totally do both or either.
0: And it's like people forget like the value of their product in the month of December. Like they forget all the customers they have that crushed it in November and October and September. And all of a sudden, they can't do it in December, you know? It's just so funny.
3: Well, and I think as distributors, we don't, take, we don't take an accountability that it's on us. A lot of the time it's on us, we're busy. It's not that our customers aren't buying. It's not that people aren't talking about it. We're busy doing other things and we blame it on other people, but it's like, we don't wanna take any, you know, responsibility for our business sucking in December you know, like your business sucks and numbers aren't looking good. Maybe look at yourself. And that's, that's hard. Like your business but,
1: sucks because you suck right now. That's well, what.
3: Your business sucks because you're out shopping or you have dinner or you, you're not balancing as well. And we like to blame it on the industry and we like to blame it on the company and we like to blame it on the products and we like to blame it on our upline. Duh. Always <laughs> blame it on your upline. My upline's Always fault that I'm having a crappy on December. Your <laughs> yeah, I'm having a crappy December. It's my upline's fault. And a lot of the times, I think we need some self reflection on top of that.
1: Well, and a lot of times, I mean, you have to lay that foundation. So, I mean, especially for a health and wellness company, like, hello, everybody knows what happens in January. Like everybody's getting buck with their weight loss. Everybody's like new year, new me, blah, 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 you know, like, so I mean, sure, people might be spending all their money on Christmas, but Christmas ends on the 25th. So you better lay that foundation and make sure that you're following up hella heavy. (laughs) towards the end of that month. So that way, you know, you don't want to miss your goals. You want, you know, New Year's, you know, resolutions. I mean, it's huge to me. I actually think this is December to me is the biggest month for a health and wellness company, even if it's not necessarily in sales, which it could be, especially if you hit that month super hard. It's the biggest month because you're laying that foundation for things to just absolutely crack in January. So I think like when people discredit this season they're doing themselves a huge injustice so if you jumped into network marketing right now like jumped back in right now what would you do to hit the ground running like Mm. what would be your thing
2: Mm, good good question so The number one skill always is recruiting. And then along with recruiting comes duplicating and taprooting. And so what I would do is, is, again, this is my experience and I know it doesn't work for everyone, is I would start out with a leadership launch. I would actually do this even if I were in a company for years and wanted to relaunch. And I would create a whole plan on, we're only looking for influencers. We're looking for people that have made six figures just in life, in anything. We're looking for people that are coaches. We're looking for people that are pastures. We're looking for people that are personal trainers. We're looking for anybody of influence, businessmen and women. We're looking for entrepreneurs. And I would put that out there and say, these are the only groups of people. And so my language would cater to that of just the leaders. And then I would make them feel like a million bucks, like they should, of we're doing this special leadership launch. This is what I've done this is what this team's done, or this is what this company's done, whatever credibility that's real and authentic that you can bring in. And with that said, uh, what I would do is, is make it really big. And I'd give them the plan of, we're looking for leaders the next six weeks. And so everybody, everything we do, and we start out Zooms, uh, anything is, look, these are the only types of people we're talking to right now, because we're getting our generals in first, to really create that leadership, because you can't, lead the foot soldiers unless you got the generals then after that phase two would be a massive customer blitz with all of the generals and so we'd have phase one with going for getting all the leaders right you get what you think about where attention goes energy flows and results show so even though it's common sense to a lot of us when you start putting that out there everyone you talk to of the specific type of person you're looking for You're going to find that more people are going to bring those type of people and you're going to think about more of those people and you're going to attract more of those people so i'm going to set the foundation of leadership first and then i'm going to follow that with a mass blitz of making sure that you know we go all out and i would probably create like a three-day blitz all out going after customer acquisition i would gamify the crap out of it make it crazy fun crazy prizes crazy recognition um Every day would be a little different with an element of surprise, for a point system, on and on and on as you do it. And so I did similar, but obviously, now I have a lot more experience and knowledge, but I did similar about uh, four or five years ago when I created a um, it was like a new brand new company that you mentioned in, in my bio for a four billion dollar company. And when I created that Uh, that's what I did and I had people showing up with resumes and I tried not to laugh like in my mind I was like like hey I just want to know if I qualify and they (laughs) literally showed up with resumes I'm like yes it's working (laughs) and so you know that type whether it's zoom everything right as you're doing it but that would be the concept and everything that that I would follow as 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 I was doing it and I would go
3: so dang that's good I love that. Well, Rob, I know I took notes. I saw the girls taking notes. I'm super excited. Um, Rob is a friend and mentor to me. So I appreciate you being on here so much. It means so much to all of us. So what do you have coming for the new year, Rob? What, what, what do we have for 2020?
0: And I know you just launched your podcast. So tell us where you can, where we can find you there and on social media as well, please. Yes.
2: Yeah. So Rob Sperry for social media. And In, uh, Instagram, the game of networking um, for podcast network marketing breakthroughs with Rob Sperry. I started that just a couple months ago and that's been a lot of fun. The reason I love these and thanks for having me on these this podcast is because I feel like you can just talk. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even though I, I still do Facebook lives consistently, I feel like with Facebook lives, it's like sometimes I feel like it's gimmicky and it's like all this, I don't, you're not worried about comments. You're not worried about anything. You're just giving real raw, in-depth content. And that's why I love podcasts. So I've, I've been more passionate, excited about my podcast. And since I started my podcast, I've been doing way less Facebook lives, like way, way less and trying to, to utilize the, the podcast a lot more, which has been fun. And the next year, um, I've got two different types of masterminds that I run twice a year. One's for six and seven figure earners. And I separated them so it can be even more deliberate. And then the one's a six-figure breakthrough. So for those that haven't made six figures. Um, and so those are the two. And then my next book comes out in January. I just got the layout for it. Um, it's called The Game of Conquering. And it's, uh, it's been a lot, of, a lot of fun, a big process. It's gonna cover the top five fears, most common fears that network marketers face. And then give tangible ways to overcome them so it's not just ideas but it will give tangible ways to overcome them i share stories i've never shared before even stories my wife was like i didn't know that my family was like what like i go really really raw and vulnerable and it with with network marketing so it's been a, a ton of fun i had the guy that i haven't shared this story publicly yet but yesterday was starting the audible which won't be ready for way after but he started He stopped me in two thirds of my book, pulled me in, he's not network marketing, he's 60 something, started crying and said that, um, I love this book and this book's gonna change the world. And I was like, got the chills. I was like, he's not even in network marketing, which is really, really uh, fun to see. So it's fun and the great part about books is there'll always be a ton that don't like them, but the goal is is to find the few that it does make a difference and resonate for them. So it's been a huge passion. For me, and um, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I know you typically only hear the good feedback, except for the keyboard warriors, right? That <laughs> come out with reviews, so uh, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited, though, and if anything, I'll, I'll learn from it either way.
3: We're excited too. And I've been to your mastermind. I absolutely love it. Um, just the community you've created. I, I, I can't say enough good things. So we appreciate you, Rob. Thank you for joining us. You're going to have to come back. I mean, you gave us some Let's really good stuff. It. Have some
2: fun. Um, you know,
3: we look forward to that. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thank you for your time. And Thank thanks so ladies. Much. I hope you all enjoy this episode.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on A3 Life. Make sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram at a the number 3 life inc and check out our online shop at a the number 3 life.biz.